<laughs> Welcome to Spoilers, Spoilers, Spoilers. As you know, I was uh, shamefully handed the victory last week. Yeah. And since it is October, in quotes, we <laughs> record these ahead of time. Uh, we're doing spooky spoilers. Uh, so this time around, I chose the 1988 classic movie Beetlejuice. Uh, we usually start off by asking what you've watched uh, this week, but uh, let's switch it up, and I'll ask you guys uh, what music you've been listening to. So uh, let's start off Weast to East, and that means Pappy's first. <laughs> hey, this is Pappy, recording from Denver, Colorado, and I would just like to say in regards to that match, one, you were robbed on the previous trivia match there's some that very is true things I true two i had money on the second trivia game so it behooved me to help you to win and then three i've been listening to a lot of prince again lately it's that time of year uh mostly the purple rain album nice uh josh is stevie in mishawaka though he might be more west i'm an elkhart Oh, okay. Well, this is Josh. I would say the only thing, like I've been listening to a lot more podcasts lately, but um, I saw that Strand of Oaks concert last weekend, so i kind of been digging into his stuff a little bit. That's about all. Stevie? Not really anything new, but uh, since we do record these ahead of time, I watched Brian Kelly get down to Post Malone last night after Notre <laughs> Dame Michigan State, <laughs> and it was the single greatest thing I've ever seen. So I've been rocking out to Post Malone. Congratulations all day. Was he too turnt for the club, <laughs> as Mikey would say? I mean, he was like purple in the face excitement. Very Eyes purple. rolling on the back of his head, dancing, <laughs> screaming. Might so have been on something. Yeah, he was, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it because we live in the area. But yeah, he was, he was feeling good. Let's put it that way. Finally, Jordan. Hey, this is Jordan, uh, recording from Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, I've been listening, actually today, I just listened to a little Henry or Harry Belafonte, uh, the Banana Boat song, and Jump In Line. Nice. Uh, it's a pretty weird song. Uh, and I'm Mikey, <laughs> your host. Uh, I've been listening to Arctic Monkeys lately. I love that band. Um, I want to start off by uh, going through the cast and crew, because this is kind of a Pretty stacked cast, I feel like. Uh, so we got Alec Baldwin, who we know from 30 Rock. He's the host of SNL uh, and The Hunt for Red October. You got Gina Davis from Thelma and Louise, The Exorcist, and A League of Their Own. We got Michael Keaton, my favorite bird person. He was in Birdman, <laughs> Batman, and he also played Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, it also features Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. And we also got uh, Jeffrey Jones, who is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was also American in the, hero. He was also in The Hunt for Red October and is also known for being a registered sex offender and pedophile. This movie is he really? Was, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yikes. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's a really piling dark, it on there. Dark time for Jeffrey. Spend Jones. this whole episode of research and what happened. All right, go ahead. And uh, this movie was directed by Tim Burton, who directed all those weird movies you used to watch as a kid. 
the plot of this movie kind of revolves around uh, a couple named Barbara and Adam Maitland. They're on vacation at their very spooky looking house and uh, they're kind of returning on a trip from downtown and uh, on their way back they crash on a bridge and die. Uh, they're murdered by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Rock dog. <laughs> this is going to be great. Are you sure you wouldn't rather go to Jamaica or someplace like that? No way. There's a real place like that. Hey, look out for that Yeah, uh, I thought that part was hilarious, actually. Uh, A24 would not approve. It's a reverse A24. They uh, kind of avoid this dog and end up crashing over a bridge. And somehow this car is balanced by the dog on a beam. And the dog hops off the beam and then the, the car crashes into the water. And <laughs> they uh, apparently drown. Uh, they somehow end up back at their house with no idea how they got there. And they find a book titled... Uh, a handbook for the recently deceased. They find out they died in that car crash, and now they got to spend the next 125 years trapped in limbo in their dream house. Uh, they also discover that outside of their house is another world where sand monsters roam, and uh, it's just generally dangerous territory. Uh, do you guys got anything to add? Call it a wrap. That was spoilers. <laughs> uh, their house is eventually sold to the Dietz family. Charles is a real estate developer slash future child diddler. Delia is a <laughs> is a. Uh, the story's pretty messed up. <laughs> Delia is a uh, shitty sculptor and nagging wife. Lydia, played by Winona Ryder, is the their emo goth child and aspiring photographer. Uh, the mom really wants to redesign and decorate this house into like a, a modern piece of art and uh, the ghost residents the Maitlands don't want to see their dream house changed at all we're going to have to rip out all that plumbing but other than that it's perfect just perfect what do you think honey? Delia hates it I could live here careful that's my sculpture and I don't mean mine and I bought it. I mean, I made it. It's my sculpture. Put it on the table. Is Winona Ryder like the godfather of goth? Did she start <laughs> the whole trend? It doesn't really look like her. I didn't know that was her for the longest time. I didn't either. Really? I mean, That's she's like face. 17 years old. That's like I a mean, breakout role, though. Is that like pre-Heathers? I don't know. Yeah, I think this is like the first thing she did. I, it reminded me a lot of Wednesday from that 1991 Adams Family movie, which came like came out like three years after this. So I do think, yeah, that that character's been reoccurring maybe since she played it. But yeah, what do you guys think was... of Catherine oh, O'Hara? Yeah, Catherine O'Hara kind of playing the exact opposite person that she plays in Home Alone. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that movie or if it's too old for you, but. She's Pretty like old. the most lo- 
She's the most like loving, <laughs> sweet mom ever. And then this, she's like, I don't know, the flip side of that coin. It's pretty cool. Well, she to see. played this before. I mean, didn't this come before Home Alone? A couple years before. Yeah, so she's playing the flip side of this. Uh, I thought it was awesome to watch her. I think she's a hilarious comedian, and I think it's kind of fun. Like Josh said, you're used to seeing someone so wholesome and like a good parent to someone so conceited and a terrible parent. Yeah. It's a very like 80s character and like very specific to the 80s. I know what you two are up to and you're not going to get away with it. Oh, honey, this is not working out at Charles, all. Charles, I will not stop living and breathing art just because you need to relax. Ha. I'm here with you. I will live with you in this hellhole, but I must express myself. If you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane and I will take you with me. Yeah, well, you know, maybe the house could use a little remodeling, uh, but why don't you just leave this room alone, okay? Okay. Yuppie, absentee, career-driven parent. Like, it's a very specific character, but, like, both of uh, Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hare are, like, playing this, like, to a T. Well, what did you think of her artwork, Pappy? (laughs) Yeah. Her sculptures? Yeah. Uh, they were pretty terrible, except when they were <laughs> trapping her against the wall. <laughs> but I kept trying to decide who was more more annoying, uh, the mom or the like fat decorator guy. They were both just like really Ortho. getting on my nerves. Yeah, <laughs> Ortho, we'd be Ortho. Gone. <laughs> Ortho was like I thought uh, he was one of the better parts of the movie, actually. Why really does he like- go through the window? <laughs> go through the door, Otho. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah, what was with that? I, don't, a big I did entrance. not understand that at all. Anki he just, just wanted a big entrance. I thought I thought he said something like it's bad luck or something to walk through the door mm. the first time or something. I didn't know if that was like a a myth. It sounds like something, something Stevie would do. Old wives yeah, tale. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> His old character is like one of the quintessential GBF characters, gay best friend. Like spoiler alert, at the end, like his undoing is having to wear a polyester suit. <laughs> 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 Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's which, the kind of guy. Yeah, which horrifies him. So. Yeah. <laughs> also. Adam and Barbara, played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, do their best to scare off the Deeds family. Uh, so they kind of do some crazy stuff to haunt the house. Uh, Gina Davis chops off Adam. Baldwin's head. Uh, Gina Davis also like rips off her own face in a closet. Uh, but they soon realize that the parents they can't see any of it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but they also find find out that uh, Lydia, Winona Ryder, uh, can see them and uh, kind of befriends them. I just want to talk about the uh, the practical effects on how they chopped off the head and ripped off their own face. I thought that part was pretty awesome. What did you guys think? I thought it looked pretty cool, and I like that claymation style. I think it's kind of throwback nostalgic, and it's it's fun to watch. However, 
I will say that like one weakness of this movie was the rules of the universe. And like you talked about cutting off his head and stuff and like I don't get how they're able to like manipulate their bodies like that and I realize it's just supposed to be goofy fun but like I thought that like when they first died and they get this rule book and they're kind of like going through and they had to follow things step by step. I thought that was more interesting. And I feel like they kind of lost that whole plot line along the way. And it just became like goofier well, and goofier. Well, the whole like character of Barbara and Adam is like they, they don't read the book. And if they did, I feel like a lot of these problems like wouldn't be an issue for them. Like part of it is are just like simple country folk you know what I mean? Like they're not like they don't read the book. They don't really know. Their what's vacation going on. was a staycation. Very simple right, people. Yeah. So like they like they have to like sort of like fail at like spooking him in order to like advance the plot, I guess. Like it, it's like consistent with their whole plot. Like they end up forgetting the book later. Like they're kind of dumb. Really. <laughs> but the book thing doesn't really go anywhere. Like I thought at the end, like to stop the wedding they would like find something from the book, but instead she just rides in the sandworm from out of nowhere with no explanation. Wouldn't that be at all. kind of more annoying though to be like, oh, the book saved him when we don't even know what the rule was and it was just kind of shoehorned in there at the end. No, it wouldn't have been shoehorned because they keyed in on the book like five, six, seven times. Like they finally learned their lesson. I guess I guess maybe there was a deeper understanding for the end that I didn't get, but I thought it was complete Dusex when she just drops in on the worm sorry if i'm getting ahead of the plot here back to the practical (laughs) effects though uh i thought the practical effects were awesome i think the 80s and late 70s were a time where practical effects in hollywood were at its best and i think this is an example of them and i really like what tim burton does with them because kind of like josh said that claymation style is a throwback but I don't. I didn't feel like it was dated. I feel like it kind of still held up today. Even like the opening shot with like the overhead. That was uh, cool. Very cool. Real scene that like transitioned to a claymation scene, which was like the model, which like this mm-hmm. whole movie like switches back and forth quite a bit between like what's the real world, and what's a model. Like that introduction was really effective. I think my favorite special effect was when they like pulled their faces apart or like stretched them out. It was really bizarre and cool. Yeah, the special effects, I thought, I mean, that first time Gina Davis, like, rips her own face off, it looked pretty crazy. I mean, she's, I don't know how they do it, but, like, she literally pulls off a physical face. We just have to pray the other closets are bigger than this one. I don't know, it just, uh... Caught me off guard. I know nothing about this movie going into it, so... Was this your first feeling, Mikey? I mean, I've seen, like, clips of it, but I... I mean, again, I don't know, like, the plot to it going into it, so... Everything was pretty new to me. Uh, so, they consult this handbook, which Josh thinks is pretty important. Uh, and I guess Josh is right in some respects. If they had just read the book... The movie would be much shorter, and I don't think we'd ever see Beetlejuice. But <laughs> I just wish they would have uh, they eventually this... had read it. I mean, I, I, well, I think the thing is, they Alec Baldwin makes a point where like it reads like a stereo manual or something. Like it's pretty 
dense. Yeah, but okay, they like they never actually read it. They're just like constantly like flipping through it like a fucking magazine. Like he never like takes the time to like read a page. Like <laughs> he just like there's nothing in here. True, they have all the time in the world at this point, so they should probably. And at one just point, like book, Winona Ryder but... does read it, and like Alec Baldwin's like, "You could understand that," and she's like, "Yeah, it was just <laughs> words." Well, the de- <laughs> later on, the decorator guy, he like chants like incantations from the book and knows exactly what to do to like bring them to life and everything and that's my point like it's clear that this book is the key to kind of like the world that they're in now and they refuse to dig into it even after like being warned about it and but yeah they're still but they're still able to win at the end so i don't know so happy i didn't think about it at the time but i think you're right i think these people just aren't very smart and they need other people to help them out well like they're super like simple like country folk like yeah. What well, what do you guys think their jobs were? Because I was trying to figure out what Alec Baldwin does and he's really just playing with this he, model. Doesn't he run that own, store downtown? The whole yeah, time. he owns yeah. a hardware store, I think. Yeah. Otherwise oh, okay. he robbed it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Gina Davis does? Homemaker? Is Gina Davis the actress that actually tried to buy a whole town once in real life? <laughs> I don't know. That's a thing. <laughs> Like, it, I, I, know this up. I think she was like the person that tried to actually buy a town. She's very into dust and dusting, <laughs> so maybe she's she is uh, in that. As a uh, as her real estate agent told her at the beginning of the movie, she's a failed mother. <laughs> uh, she can't get pregnant for some Dude, reason. That lady is a huge bitch. Kind of throw, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of throws that in her face. Maybe she's like an abortion doctor, and that's Holy why. Fuck, baby. <laughs> an abortion doctor in this tiny rural Connecticut town. <laughs> oh my bad, I mistook the actresses. That was Kim Basinger that uh, oh. bought her hometown in Georgia, <laughs> not Gina Davis. My mistake. But Gina Davis has like a heart of gold in this. I thought she actually had a really sweet, warm performance, and like you liked her like a sister. I feel like. Yeah, she had a, I mean, it's a sad backstory. They didn't have children, or I don't know if they couldn't, kind of like an up scenario. And that's when Lydia came into their lives. Hi, Barbara. Hi. I'm glad I caught you. I heard you were on vacation. That's right, Jane. Complete vacation. Honey, today I'm $260,000. No, it's 6.45 in the morning. This offer is real from a man in New York City who only saw a photograph. Jane. Don't send people photos of our house. He wants to bring the wife and family up here for some peace. Why? That's exactly what we're looking for. Well, Barbara, this house is too big for you. It really ought to be for a couple with a family, you know? Oh, Pumpkin, I didn't mean anything. It's just that, really, this house Jane, is too big. I'll see you in a few weeks, okay? Okay. All right. Think about it. Take care. Yeah, I thought Gina Davis did a great job. Uh, she's got, like, crazy curly hair in this movie, and she looks extremely young, uh, but... So does Alec Baldwin. Jeez. Oh my God, Alec Baldwin looks handsome as fuck. <laughs> Gina Davis actually won the Oscar this year for a different movie. Which really? movie? The Accidental Tourist. I've never even heard of that. Nor movie. have I. She's more known for this movie, but. Oh, it's with William Hurt. Yeah, I don't know. Back to Alec Baldwin, though. I, for some reason, Stevie, you have always reminded me of Alec Baldwin. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. Do you take, is it the hair? I don't know. What is it, Stevie? The luxurious hair? Is it the hair and glasses? The outspoken nature of it. Of you? I, I don't know. So, 
all yeah, those things. Yeah, you're not. I guess. People in my family have said that before too. So it's kind of funny you say that as well. Weird. I need some help. I read something in this book this morning. Emergencies. Uh, here it is. In case of emergency, draw a door. Draw a door. I don't know why we keep looking in that stupid book. Hey, maybe we should try that beetle guy. Uh, so yeah, they eventually finally flip through this handbook of the deceased, and uh, it tells them <laughs> to travel <laughs> to travel to a waiting room for the afterlife, where there's like a it's the afterlife is basically a DMV, <laughs> uh, so it's basically hell. And uh, they meet their caseworker, Juno, who uh, tells them their only hope for clearing out their house is to scare off the Deeds family or haunt their house. And this is like the the best part of the movie and why it won the Oscar. But before we get to that, Jordan, you just sent Gina Davis <laughs> sexy fap tribute to the Deeds. <laughs> I, was just, I was just looking up Gina Davis to see like how she got so old looking so fast. And that was the first result. <laughs> Wow. First result, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pappy, what do you mean that was clearly the best? What are you talking about? What was the best part? What? Well, this is a movie I saw like a million bajillion times in my childhood, and this, the part that always like stood out the most was this like waiting room scene. You want a cigarette? Oh no. Trying to cut down myself. There's a guy getting eaten by a shark. One guy's like smoking cigs. I love and the he's cigarette like guy. Burned up and he offers I'm one trying to alcohol. Quit too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a woman who's cut in half. She's like in like a magician's assistant costume. Is this what happens when you die? This is what happens when you die. That is what happens when he dies. And that is what happens when they die. It's all very personal. And I'll tell you something. If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident. Maintenance, party two. Take the handbook and go to the sixth door. <laughs> I feel like this movie also in this scene addressed suicide, well, here and later, like pretty directly in a way that I wasn't used to seeing. She's like, well... If you kill yourself, you have to do this in the afterlife. And then later, like, Winona Ryder's about to jump off a bridge or something. Ortho makes a comment that says if you commit suicide, yeah. you're doomed to be a service clerk or something in the afterlife. Yeah, and he, like, oh, he yeah. like frames that with, like, you know what they say? It's like, I've never heard that before in my life, but I guess that, <laughs> yeah. that but, makes but that right. make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like, the guy with like a small head, like in this movie, won the Oscar for best uh, makeup, and I feel like it's like because of this the scene, pretty much. Yeah, there's a lot going on just in the waiting room. And, the football team. Yeah, the football team. Uh, there, I also read that there's like a reference to a pretty famous plane crash that happened like that same year or a year before, uh, where it's announced over the intercom that. A flight has just landed or something. Flight 409. It's the same flight. Yeah, flight 409, yeah. It's pretty pretty dark, isn't it? It's pretty dark. This whole scene scene is pretty dark. It is, but it's like full of joy. I don't know. It's like full of joy, though, too. Like, it's not 
like over the top melancholy. Like it's like silly. I did like how the players kept calling the their caseworker coach. <laughs> She's like, I'm not your coach. He made it. <laughs> <laughs> the caseworker though, uh, I thought that had one of the coolest effects. Uh, if you noticed. She's smoking, but she also has, like, her slit throat, and smoke is kind of, like, pouring out <laughs> yeah. of the slit in her throat. I thought that was pretty cool. She was an awesome actress, and I guess she's, like, she had a huge career in the 30s, and then kind of was, like, more obscure for a long time, and, like, uh, Tim Burton brought her back. But she, she's pretty awesome in this. Patrice Martinez. Yeah. I'd almost given up on you. I was about to leave. I do have other clients. Are you Juno, our caseworker? Yes, I evaluate individual cases and determine if help is needed, deserved, and available. Are you available? No. What's wrong? We're very unhappy. What did you expect? You're dead. Uh, yeah, so Juno, the caseworker, tells, uh, tells them that they need to haunt the house. And, uh, there's another way that they could do it, which is consulting... The bio exorcist beetle beetlegeist, uh, but she tells them to avoid him because he's crazy and just an all around creep. Uh, the Maitlands eventually cave in and end up consulting Beetlejuice by saying his name three times: Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Where they're transported into the miniature model town that Adam Bald Adam Alec Baldwin has uh, uh, stored up in his attic. Uh, I thought this scene was really cool because, like, you're they're literally on. I mean, they're not literally on a miniature model town, but all of the surrounding set is like plastic grass, plastic trees, a toy car, stuff like that. I thought it was really cool looking. Adam. Tim, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Go ahead, Barbara, say it. Beetlejuice! What happened? I think we're in the model. Is that when they have to dig them up, Mikey? And, like, they're digging through it, and they're, like, instead of dirt, it's, like, cardboard. It was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was like a Lego town, and and I thought that was like Pap Pap said, like the first opening scene with like the flyover when Beetle just kicks the tree over at the end of the scene, and then like the next scene is someone like fixing that tiny miniature. I thought they just had little tie-ins that like that that were like really thoughtful and cool throughout. Well, this is like the whole like reveal of like Beetlejuice too, and it comes at like the 30 minute plus mark basically of the movie. There might be like a commercial 45, or something 45. before this. Yeah. It's literally halfway through the movie before Beetlejuice is like really in the movie. Yeah. There is that commercial like, earlier, but that's just like 30 seconds. And we really don't see Michael Keaton until halfway through the movie. I mean, there's also like, there was also a stat like on IMDb that Michael Keaton's only in literally 17 minutes of the movie altogether. That's really. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't that seem to be like a theme though for like in Silence of the Lambs, like Hannibal Lecter's only in like ten minutes, like Heath Ledger's only in like in ten minutes of the Dark Knight, like 
Quint's only in like 15 minutes of Jaws. Like if you have like a character who's like super over the top, like you can only be in so much. A little bit goes a long way, which is I mean, especially like going back to that commercial, like Michael Keaton seems like he's on so much fucking cocaine. Like he's just like <laughs> he's like going so hard so fast, like full on cow salesman. <laughs> trouble with a living? You tired of having your home space violated? You want to get rid of them pesky living critters once and for all? Well, come on down and see me, folks, because I'm the afternoon's leading bio-exorcism. Yes, there is. Come on down here, and I want to tell you, I'll do anything. I'll scare them real bad. The point is, folks, I'm going to do anything to get your business. Hell, I'll possess myself if I gotta. Whoa! Yo, I got demons running all through me. All through me. Come on down here and see it. Hey, be back now. You get a free demon possession with every exorcism. Ah, you can't beat that, can you? And bring a little parts down here. Hell, we got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. There's no problem with that at all. So, say it once, say it twice, third time the charm, and remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. Come on down out. Chew on a dog. Oh! I feel like he was my least favorite performance in the movie. Really? Are you really? serious? I thought it, he's like so manic and quick and I don't know. I thought he was really good even though his character is You liked him less than the creepy. kid diddler? <laughs> yeah. IMDB also said that Keaton was like ad-libbing like most of his lines. So he, that whole scene where they dig him up and he's kind of like telling him what he does, how he gets rid of people and all that stuff. He was just like spitballing. Is that including when he's trying to grope Gina Davis? He's very sexually aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a very creepy guy. He's groping Gina Davis. He's uh, spitting in his jacket, hawking loogies. Save that that. for later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also also during that scene, uh, he kind of Alec Baldwin kind of uh, asks for Beetlejuice's qualifications and Keaton uh, just talks in his normal voice where he says all of his his qualifications are he went to Harvard Business School, went to Juilliard, studied at Juilliard and was world traveling. And those are all things that Keaton did in real life. I've seen The Exorcist 167 times. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps getting funnier. funnier. (laughs) No, we just want to get some people out of our house. Ah, I understand, I understand. Well, look, in order to do that, I'm really going to have to get to know you guys. You know, we got to get closer, move in with you for a while, get to be real pals, you know what I'm saying? And... <laughs> Save that guy uh, for later, huh? My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. go ahead, shoot. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? The Maitlands eventually cave in and uh, ask for his help. Uh, They dig him up. Then they find out that he's a creep, and they want no part of it. So uh, I don't know how Gina Davis figures out how to go back home. Home, home, home. I think she says home <laughs> three times. I, I don't know who told her that. I'm but. telling you guys, the rules of this movie suck. And, like, 
Well, why is, why is Beetlejuice, why is his name, if you say it three times, he shows up? Why isn't that just any dead person? Flesh it out a little bit. He's the Rumpelstiltskin character, man. And it's like a hat tip to the Wizard of Oz, too. Like, at one point they say, like, oh, a house fell on her si- someone's sister. Like, <laughs> the whole, like, mm-hmm. home, 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 Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Like, that's like a clear tip of the cap to that whole thing. So it's like, it's a subversion of that, really. Beetlejuice versus No Place Like Home. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it's like with The Wizard of Oz, but Michael Keaton says the F word in a PG movie. Dude, I was confused about that, too. PG movie. Nice fucking model. He says, he says, fuck, there's basically sexual assault and like weird sex jokes about the Deets parents. They are like openly addressing suicide. It seems pretty intense for a PG movie. Pap, when was, uh, uh, shit, what was that? Gremlins. So the Gremlins, yeah, Gremlins was in 1984. This was in 88. And apparently there's only four movies that are PG with the F word. It's this, it's Caddyshack 2, it's, uh, fucking big. big. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) fuck, what's the other one? I don't have it written down. I, yeah, I read it. I, Uh, but yeah, it was like a pretty big deal. Because uh, when did he say fuck? I don't actually remember. Uh, I think it's right after she says home, home, home. Huh. Uh, so after that scene is the dinner scene where the Dietz family, uh, they're having dinner with their swanky friends. Um, <laughs> Spaceballs, uh, by Gina the way. Spaceballs yeah. is the other movie that says the <laughs> Sorry to derail that. <laughs> Uh, the Maitlands kind of take it in their own hands to to haunt this house, and uh, they do it by uh, possessing the Deeds family and their friends into singing Calypso. They do a dance routine. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think of this scene? Stevie loves that song. I can tell you that right now. It's probably my favorite <laughs> scene of the whole movie. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, just when they possessed the bodies and the music they were dancing to and kind of the antics they were doing. It's probably the hardest I laughed throughout the whole movie. This is the opening. If you go back and watch the opening sequence, this is the same song, like a different part of it they use for that. And... The part where they say, like, six foot, seven foot, is that in a, like, Jay-Z song or something? Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Uh, uh, but yeah, the Deeds family kind of discovers that there's paranormal activity going on, and their first idea for some reason is to not leave the house, but to profit <laughs> off of it. Um, and turn it into a tourist hotspot. The dad is like a real estate developer, so they're all making plans and stuff like that to get this show on the road. Uh, am I missing anything here? They're, they all sit down. What, what were they eating? Was it shrimp? Yeah, the shrimp yeah. or something? Yeah, they are eating shrimp. And it turns into like a fist yeah. and like grabs him in the face. And then just throws him across the room. Uh, I'd also um, just like to say that Catherine O'Hara is like killing it during that whole day out scene. Like she's like the camera's like mostly on her the whole time, and she's just like she's not holding yeah. back. 
<laughs> she's not self-conscious at all about how like into the music she is. And Mikey, I know how much you hate white people dancing, so that must have been. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, biggest offender of white people dancing in this movie. <laughs> no rhythm. <laughs> a true, a true horror film. Spooky. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, the horror movie. Uh, what else kind of happens after this? Not much. Yeah. Uh, the, the main climax of the movie. <laughs> uh, so eventually, Ortho, for some reason, he finds the book and uh, he believes that he's doing a seance to summon to summon the Maitlands because uh, investors in this haunted house attraction need proof that there's actually paranormal activity (laughs) going on. Robert Goulet of all people. Goulet! Is that him? I've heard the name a million times, but I never knew who that guy was. It was a classic Will Ferrell sketch. Let me tell you about a few of my favorite cities. Phoenix, Lake Tahoe, Albuquerque. Did I mention Cleveland? Mistake by the Malik. What? Goulet. <laughs> Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes. Snowflakes that stay <laughs> Robert Goulet. <laughs> he's most well known for me. Yeah, I also have uh, on final Robert Goulet's Christmas album right here. I'm holding it up right now for the listeners. Oh. <laughs> that sounds cool. Play, Why do you have play that? a clip from it, Mikey. It's something cool to have. <laughs> Why would you not have Robert Goulet sings Christmas songs? Uh, so Ortho thinks he's doing a seance, but actually it's an exorcism. And uh, when the Maitlands come, they start withering and dying. And Lydia, uh, now that she's friends with the Maitlands, she's doesn't want to see them die, so she summons the help of Beetlejuice. There's this scene where they kind of play charades because Beetlejuice, for some reason, can't say his own name. Again, Josh is correct that the rules don't make any sense. I don't know why. I really uh, like but, the scene, though, where everyone's <laughs> trying to say Beetlejuice to summon him out of getting married uh, or of marrying Lydia, and he like throws the zipper on her face after she says it once and she like unzips it and sends it and says it again mm. and then what does she what does he send a steel plate <laughs> um yeah but beetlejuice will only help the maitlands and lydia if lydia agrees on the condition that lydia marries beetlejuice so that he can wreck ho- havoc in the mortal world she agrees um is that what the kids are calling it nowadays what do you mean She's seventeen. He's he's married. How old is she? Thirteen year old girl. It's real weird. She was seventeen at the time. Is she? But he doesn't. I mean, like she's seventeen in real life. What? What? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say he he doesn't like use that. He's not like harassing her sexually as much as he was. Uh, he was in the original script though, wasn't he? I don't know. Yeah, funny you should mention that. Yeah. In the original script, it funny was much darker. Beetlejuice kills and rapes a bunch of people, including... D- different times in the different 80s. Different movie. Yeah. The studio... 
studio suggested <laughs> it be altered just a little bit. Uh, actually, it wasn't even supposed to be a comedy originally. It was supposed to be just a straight-up horror movie. Beetlejuice was like a demon with wings in that original script, right? Sammy Davis Jr. was supposed to play it. Yeah, it's totally that would different, be different. Movie from the original. <laughs> you guys are stealing all my cool stuff that I have written down. That was also another thing. Sam- that, that one totally caught me off guard. Sammy Davis Jr. was supposed to be Beetlejuice originally. I thought that was really... A bizarre choice, and so did the studios. They hated that. That'd be so awesome if, like, Dean Martin just like drunkenly stumbled into a scene at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it could have like been a totally different movie. Yeah. <laughs> Started roasting people. Like Josh said, everybody's trying to say Beetlejuice's name three times, uh, so we'll get transported back to the the model world, the tiny miniature world. Alec Baldwin's character. He drives a miniature toy car into his foot. Beetlejuice kind of stumbles. Uh, and then Gina Davis kind of comes crashing through the roof on a sandworm. And the takes sandworm him straight to hell. Eats I feel like the scene is disjointed, but almost in a good way that it reminds you of like a bad dream that you may have actually had. Like the part where his mouth keeps falling out when he's trying to say something, that really reminds me of something that you might dream about when you're trying to say something important where Al- Alec Baldwin's mouth falls off. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps falling off and I, it's just the whole thing kind of plays out that way. And I guess that's my defense of it because otherwise it really is nonsensical. And like, especially the end when she, as I said earlier, swoops in uh, like, does that make any sense at all, really? The end does wrap up pretty quick. It's not a very and long movie There's not movie a whole either. lot of explaining to it, but also... Well, Pap- Pappy, I feel like... Do, do you have anything for this? Do you have a defense for that? A defense for the end? Specifically, um, Gina Davis like coming in on a sandworm that had been the bad guy throughout the whole... Like how did she train that? I mean, this is this is well, this is also she's riding it in the end. This is also framed by Robert Goulet getting shot through the roof like a carnival trick, where you like hit the thing like a strongman thing. Like, (laughs) it's like I mean, the whole thing's like very silly. Uh, When that's why I don't do two shows a night. When Gina Davis is originally on Saturn, she kind of like punches the sandworm, so she's kind of like a little bit shown earlier on that she's kind of badass but like whatever it just looks cool it's a fun ending who gives a fuck i I don't have to defend this i i'll agree with that not everything has to make sense josh that's not what you guys said in missouri breaks but whatever well missouri breaks is just a disaster of a movie (laughs) uh but (laughs) <laughs> the Dees family and the Maitlands agree to live in this house together. Beetlejuice, we get a scene with Beetlejuice uh, stuck in the afterlife waiting room. And uh, he kind of switches his, his waiting ticket with a witch doctor. That witch doctor gets pissed off and shrinks his head. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say before well, we get to trivia and stuff like, like that? They form like a cohabitating family, too. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I, I was, 
I felt like it could have gone one of two ways, and I wasn't sure if the Dietzes just, like, completely gave up on their daughter and let these ghosts raise her, or if it was more like everybody was cool and just kind of kind of takes the village to raise a weird goth teenager. Alternative lifestyle. <laughs> Commune. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think the ending is... I don't know. It's just a weird situation because this... Deet's family is just totally accepting of ghosts and stuff, and they aren't even scared for most of the movie. Uh, but, yeah, they end up living together, and when she comes back, she has, like, a math test or something, and she gets an A on it, and then they kind of close out the movie by dancing to Calypso, and she's, like, floating in the air and stuff shake, like that. Shake, so. shake, It's just a, just a happy living situation with a bunch of paranormal... <laughs> entities and stuff like that i, don't I know. thought that was pretty funny that she had bargained that if she gets an a on the test they'll let her float around the room and sing and dance <laughs> <laughs> that's her treat every girl's dream <laughs> i okay i have one other thing too before yes or no it's like so there's a proposed sequel that's been floating out there since 2013 as of 2017 spooky spoilers nothing's definitive but like what do you what do you guys think about that before yes or no it's like well i think stevie had a few good ideas for that before the pod right did i have good ideas i was kind of just trashing it i just thought it was pointless i mean unless no like good ideas for who they should cast and stuff (laughs) oh uh you could hire everybody back well, yeah, it's, your budget's going to be so high because this is an all-star cast, and everybody's like in their primes right now, maybe Stevie, outside though, of Catherine O'Hara. Before we started t- recording tonight, you said that they should have a female Beetlejuice. That's what I've been referring oh, to. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, because no. we've gotten so PC, oh, no, no. especially with Hollywood doing all-female everything, in like an all-Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, female Ocean's Eleven, which is an idiotic idea. Right. makes zero sense. Here you go. Here's a pitch. Here's uh, a pitch. Uh... Beetlejuice was Warner Brothers, right? I don't know. Yes, it was. No okay, so you know who else does good Warner Brothers movies? Who's what would be a perfect remake for? Fucking Lego Beetlejuice, directed by Lord and Mil- directed by Lord and Miller. Bring everybody back, animate that shit. Boom. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't be far off because I did have an animated Beetlejuice TV show. Yeah, Josh, uh, what was that like in the 70s? <laughs> it, it aired from 89 to 92. Uh, the prime of your life. I do, remember, I do remember it in its initial run a little bit. And I believe that some of you guys are latecomers and saw it in syndication. I saw a syndication on Nickelodeon. <laughs> It's a good, good show. I think oh, it, it was. was hilarious. I loved it. It's very punny. I remember. Very you know, quick I, paced. That's why I remembered the image of that guy with the small head. I th- I think he was in that a lot. Would you agree, Pappy? He sold a lot of lunch pails, maybe, or something? Yeah, I definitely remember seeing him a lot, too. Um, I also remember seeing him at like the Hard Rock Ca- Cafe in Chicago. I think they had, what? <laughs> had that actual prop there. 
Uh, besides the animated TV show, there's also a bunch of toys, and uh, I think there's also a video game too, so... I mean, this movie was the number 10 grossing film of that year, so... It was a pretty huge success, and they wanted the sequel... They wanted to make a sequel much earlier, but that never happened because Tim Burton and uh, Keaton went on to do those Batman Did movies. you see what the proposed script was for that? The sequel? Yeah, it was going to be Beetlejuice Takes Hawaii. And, like, <laughs> they were going to, like, build this hotel, and it was going to be haunted by, like, ancient Hawaiian spirits. And then they were going to have to, like, hire Beetlejuice to take them out or something. That doesn't sound very good. Thank God they didn't make that movie. <laughs> 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 Sounds like the Brady good one. reference. <laughs> now who went one way in my life went the other? Alice. <laughs> uh, so if that's all we got to say. I've said all my cool stuff that I had written down, and we said a lot of it during the review. But uh, if you guys have anything else to say, I'm going to... Switch over to plugs. Well, before Resident. plugs, yeah, I wondered if Stevie thought there was a Christ-like character. I, I want to bring that segment back. Ooh, if there was a Christ-like character. <laughs> uh, there was a Pap-like character, the barbershop owner, who just kept talking. No, <laughs> I was he just muttering to himself. <laughs> that guy was exactly a Pap. He came in with hair down to his shoulders. Just told me to take a little bit off. Um, Christ-like character. I don't know. Maybe the caseworker. The dog. Ooh, the I dog. It, I think if Pappy answers the question with a pap, pap character. Fuck that then, dog, man. That works. He, Christ yeah, characters go, just kicked to the curb. He's going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, legend has it. Is that if you say spoiler man three times in a row, we'll show up and do some plugs. So let's try it out. Spoiler man, spoiler man, spoiler man. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Twitter. Lit. That's what, what? he sounds like. Lit. <laughs> All right, thank you, Spoiler Man. You do you do a great job every week. We we appreciate the work you do. He gets a lot of money off the uh, syndication of this podcast. <laughs> the royalties. It's what he's banking on. All right, so uh, I got some trivia here. Um, what about yes yeah, or no? Yes or no's. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, let's go around and do yes or no's. Uh, we'll go. Weast to East again. Pap, what do you say? Uh, yes. Uh, this is a classic movie from my childhood. Uh, it's definitely over the top in parts, but Tim, I was talking to Stevie earlier, and like Tim Burton really hit his prime between like Pee Wee, this, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, um, and the two Batmans. Nightmare doesn't count. And the two Batmans in there, though. It's like five or six good movies he made in a row, and like. I really like this. I think it's weird. It's over the top, but it's funny. And it, it's an Oscar winning <laughs> film with the makeup and pra- practical effects. So definite yes for me. Hard yes. Dog. Josh? Uh, I did not find this movie really all that funny. 
I thought the first half an hour was really strong until uh, I, I feel like the f- plot line's kind of frayed. But what this movie does is it kind of embraces that. And I think it's bizarre enough and the effects are interesting enough and there's enough good performances to give this a yes. I was a little disappointed because I hadn't seen this literally for like 25 years. I barely remembered it. And I thought that I was going to like really like this. And like I said, it just kind of fell apart about 30 (laughs) minutes in, but... Kept me entertained to the end, and it's a soft Vigo Mortensen flaccid yes. I'm sure Vigo loves that we reference his dong every week. Uh, Stevie? Uh, I really do not like Tim Burton movies at all. Half, Partly for the reason of it includes Danny Elfman's score, which constantly sounds like you're at a circus during the movie, and I really <laughs> do not like his scores at all. And this was the first time I'd ever seen Beetlejuice. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. That's pr- it's probably, I, I would say, Tim Burton's best movie in my mind. And uh, I just thought it was all around hilarious. It was so much fun to watch. The soundtrack was awesome. And uh, just a great movie. So a hell yes for me. If you guys... Jordan? If you got really quick before Jordan goes, if you had to say it's like, is there more humor or is there more like, darkness in the movie because i thought i think there's a brilliant humor in the darkness i think it's more like like i said earlier it's more like joy i don't know if it's necessarily humor but like it's there's definitely like an optimism to it and like even though like all like there's like suicide or whatever it's like it's more like silly like oh if you kill yourself you have to be a civil civil servant you know i mean it's like just kind of goofy Never, it's kind of these little weird things where it's yeah. like even after death, there's still things to worry about. It never about. gets too dark. Yeah. Yeah, even Beetlejuice isn't even that bad of a bad guy, if you want to call him that. In the movie. He's kind of a perv. That's the worst yeah. thing about him. <laughs> like if he would have gotten married to Lydia. He's no Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. <laughs> That's his own separate horror story money. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the, the eyes. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan, you can go ahead. I kind of agreed with what you said, Josh. I, like, when I saw it classified as a comedy, I was a little bit confused because I didn't laugh that much. It's more just like a kind of goofy, bizarro world. Um, definitely good for mm-hmm. a watch around around spooky spoilers, Halloween time. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a flaccid yes for me. Uh, this is also my first time watching it all the way through. I think I had seen, like, bits and pieces in the past, but um, first time through, and it... It's okay. I'd, I think it would be funner to watch it with a group of friends or maybe like with uh, like Josh, like with your kids or, or something like that. Like it would uh, be so scary. A little bit more fun. I, for me, uh, my <laughs> views line up a lot with Stevie's. I'm not a Tim Burton fan at all. I really can't stand most of his movies. Uh, and actually, I didn't even know that this was a Tim Burton movie until I saw his name on the, on the screen. Uh, but I did enjoy this movie a lot, and I think even though Michael Keaton's not in it for very long, I think he does like a phenomenal job. And when you hear that he's just ad-libbing and riffing and stuff like that, it just makes you really appreciate how good of an actor he is in this. And he's just a great actor in everything he's in, and I would really kind of hate to see a sequel to it because... I hate reboots and stuff like that nowadays, uh, but I give it a yes. I think the 
practical effects and all of that stuff is great. I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a yes for me. And uh, what is that? Four yeses? Five yeses? Four? It's five. How many people are here? Yep. Three strong. Three strong. Two flaccid. That's five. So that is preserved, as we like to say here on spoilers. Uh, Happy with half a Cialis, right there. <laughs> it's like a Martin <laughs> Supermarket chocolate donut. Mm. It's a. Uh, it's a check freebie segue. Gas station dick pill. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chuck Freebie. Don't we? And me the pot. All right, you guys ready for trivia? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right, so this one, this one's pretty weird. How how many stripes are tattooed on Tim Burton's dong? What? It what? <laughs> Excuse me? This is like an internet. <laughs> this is a fake trivia question. This was. <laughs> uh, there's a rumor or something going around that Tim Burton just has stripes tattooed on his dog. The dawn. closest to? <laughs> <laughs> which, which way? Like circles or like down the circles, line? man. <laughs> uh, real trivia question, though. Um, the Antho. <laughs> Thir- 13? I don't, I don't know. That was something his wife said. Helena Bonham Carter, another weirdo. Said that he has a striped. They were room. actually they were they were never married. So that married. was like, oh, they really? lived in separate houses next to each other and never wed, but they were a couple. Look it up, man. That's yeah. the way to do it. That's, that's like the, the most Tim it. Burton thing Tim Burton could have done. <laughs> that and Weirdo. cocaine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> real trivia question: The Anthophagus taurus, aka dung beetle is one of the strongest animals on the planet. How many times its own body weight can the dung beetle pull? God damn it. What are, are we doing closest to Price is Right rules here? Yeah. Yes okay. to both. Yep. <laughs> Who first? Okay. I'm going to go with... Wait, can so you I, go, I go first? Can you go under? Mikey? You can go over. So not Price is Right. Uh... I'm going to say 58 times its weight. All right, Josh. I'm going to say 440 times its weight. Steve. 1,000 times its weight. Pep. Um, 1,001 times its weight. You're the worst human being. You know that. <laughs> Pap wins. It's actually 1,141 times its own weight that the dunk beetle can pull. I know so. my shit beetles. <laughs> You're the I worst. In them. <laughs> you should have gave Jordan and me the last spots so we actually had a chance. It doesn't matter. Is it? You can go up over. Oh, you Pap- guys just suck at biology. Pappy took like ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of all numbers. No, there's negative, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Pap, what movie are you choosing? Uh, do we we have one more spooky spoilers to go? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I think we have one more spooky spoilers to go, so I'm gonna go with uh, 
Cabin in the Woods. That's a great choice. I love that movie. Ooh, the close uh, out. Of the I love Josh, that, is that movie. A great choice. I hate torture porn movies. You've obviously it's not never torture seen porn. It's, it's a comedy. Cabin in the Woods is. It'll be interesting to watch after we just watched Evil Dead because it's a straight parody. Yeah. Dummy. What movie am I thinking of? Saw. Are you thinking of Cabin Fever? Hostel. Sausage Party. Is it? Whatever. Okay. Sausage Party. Can't wait. That movie was torture. Anyway. Wait. The cab. The cabin in the woods. Because it, it's listed as horror. No, it's comedy. Huh. The cabin in the woods. Yes, is the full title. 2011s. Me and my wife watch it at least one time Chris a week. Pratt. No, what? Chris. Uh, this Cabin in the Woods lots. is one of Lauren's like favorite movies ever. We watch Chris it Hemsworth. all the time. A young Chris Hemsworth. Joss Whedon, Marvel fame. Directed spoiler it. Man. Yeah, so uh, that was spoilers. Uh, let's have Spoiler Man. Oh, wait, no, he already did the plugs. Uh, you should just close it out now, right? Right. Spoiler Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was spoilers. Beto geese. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for Movie Spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the Reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. And we also have additional music from Wolftron, which you're hearing right now. That was Spoilers. No one wants to endorse the flat earther. As of August Uncle, 25th, uh, Kyrie uh, Irving still believes the earth is flat. Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew, come here. Come here. <laughs> Be Uncle Drew. Don't believe the earth is flat. For a kid who went to... Didn't Kyrie Irving go to Duke? For like yeah. 10, 10 games. NBA talk? NBA talk? NBA talk? We could probably spoil the whole season right now and just be like, all right, it's the Warriors versus the Cavs.